Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hello everybody, welcome back to Rule the Roost podcast. I'm joined by, oh, I, you know, I'm going I'm to introduce you as Lads Anonymous's Ricky. Yeah, nice. How, how's that going? Mate? Come on, t- tell this guy, now's, now's, now's the time. Everyone knows about Fight Cop by now, do you know what I mean? That's... Wow, right at the top of the show, top on. minute, this is fucking great. This is what this you is... get, mate. This is this is the red carpet that gets rolled out for, for Tottenham royalty, all right? <laughs> <laughs> Well, I know how much you. you lads love getting smoke blown up your ass. <laughs> I've been asked to who, sign things. Who doesn't, past. mate? Who doesn't? <laughs> <laughs> so, um, Flav and I do a podcast called Lads Anonymous. We have one main central theme, which is a topic that the audience uh, provide us with. And we will talk about our experiences around that. And then we also go into your audience dilemmas and stories only you know so where we kind of um it it all started from around flav and i's friendship basically and going back the 20 years of being best mates and all the stories that we have so it's it's a podcast that has that kind of that friendship angle and experience but it's also you know 40 year old lads that we're in a in a time of our life that is a bit up in the air really it's the, it's that second part of your life and hearing the dilemmas and the stories that people send in is absolutely fucking gold within itself so download the pod give it a try just give it give it a go you might like it you can find it on spotify apple wherever you get your pods lads anonymous I loved your uh, stories about sort of weekend jobs when you're when you're kids, basically. <laughs> and you, <laughs> he got he got biffed off for stealing the Twix, whereas you <laughs> were running a full full blown criminal enterprise out of yours, mate. I was yeah, shocked. I, I was know. shocked. It it was it was um it was mad because there was probably about eight of us that worked there. Uh, maybe on that shift but um six people were were arrested there and then it was just me and someone else and i was the one that was doing most of it so i don't know how i didn't get caught maybe they just liked me and they thought let you know we'll let him uh we'll let him go don't know don't know what happened but it was um it was great we're uh i know it's i know it's lads anonymous and i know that the topics that you submit are anonymized but the one we're recording on Friday, you actually gave the topicking for us, Jack. Well, I'm sorry. Look, erectile dysfunction. <laughs> it, affects, <laughs> it affects a lot of men, all right? <laughs> we don't need to be uh, shy about that. Um, no, I mean, genuinely, mate, it's not that I don't love listening to hearing you talk about Tottenham Hotspur, but knowing having known you for a long time having known flav as well the two of you is like two very good mates and just your art of telling a story rick is it's it's famed now and you doing it in this platform i think is is great mate it's a, it's a really good listen it's not just a uh little kind of you know bumlicky bumlicky uh plug for you there like oh, it, it thank you mate thank mate. you and it's uh i'm just looking forward to uh the wider world outside of Tottenham fans getting to hear more about the pissy cliff story. Cause I'm sure that's going to come up at some point. So. <laughs> that will yeah. do. And if it, it's, if there are a, anybody from the fighting cock that doesn't listen, um, it's, it's mainly like the second part of the fighting cock, the silly wanky bits. <laughs> so that's, that, that, that if that's not a, a strap line for lads anonymous, then, you know, I don't know what would, would get you interested in so, there's, a, there's a bit of blue in there isn't there ricky bit of blue yeah yeah loads of blue in there i was gonna say a bit of blue for the dads but you you do have a lot of ladies writing in as well who say soz lads you don't get to own this we're every bit as filthy and disgusting as you are so uh 
you know which is yeah That's i mean that a huge surprise but everybody's welcome exactly everybody all, all love here all love here well so what 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 we can celebrate now mate is Mauricio pochettino not winning a league cup and <laughs> rubbing our faces in it i say i'm going to celebrate this mate but do you know what i don't i don't i don't i don't I, there was no part of me that wanted Chelsea to win, obviously. There was not even a part of me, whatever, we'd had a lot of affection from in the past that was even on a weird level like, oh, it would be quite nice. Nah, fuck him. Like, fuck that. Fuck them. Fuck him. But there was something about watching another kind of big cup final, seeing Pochettino lose to Klopp that conjured up a lot of like Spurs neg in me. Watching mm. that League Cup final. Yeah. So much so, it's like, I don't really think we could have won that. Because if if Chelsea win it, haha, Pochettino's won a cup at Chelsea, not at Tottenham, his first crack, crack of the whip sort of thing. But if we lose it, it's ha typical, the Spurs DNA, all that type of thing, right? And I just sort of sat there watching this like, Fucking Klopp, man. And it made me obviously think about that Champions League final and all of those other sort of associated thoughts of how close we were with Liverpool, beating them 4-1 at Wembley and then them kicking on and making the history they have made in the past few years and Klopp singing You'll Never Walk Alone with the fans and all that. Just the, or like, I know he's a total whopper. He's a total throbber, all that type of thing. <laughs> but the fella's got such an aura he really yeah. does. And he's obviously an amazing manager. He's got such an aura. And yet, they struggle to get stuff over the line, right? They struggle to to win stuff. I know that sounds ridiculous. I know they've won a Premier League. I know they've won a Champions League. But you would think in any other era, they would have been capable of winning so much more. And they haven't. And again, it just makes me think, fuck, if Liverpool are the ones that are, other than City, closest to getting something done, what hope do we have? <laughs> yeah, it's. I mean, the the only reason because Liverpool haven't won those trophies is because City's been there. I think within, without sounding too down as to say how 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 the fuck are we ever going to compete with that? I mean, Klopp is going at the end of the season, and no matter who you replace him with, you have got a job to do at Liverpool. I mean, like Salah, he's 31, Van Dyke, 31, uh, Alisson's getting on, I, I think. There's going to be a lot of a lot of change there, and a lot of the players there obviously brought in by Klopp. It's not going to be Alonso coming in and they're playing this silky football and it's, you know, picking up the baton from Klopp and like they're just going to be playing teams off the park. They are, I would expect them to kind of, be in a bit of a managerial merry-go-round again where I just don't I don't know who's out there and who, who they feel that they're going to employ that is going to emulate what Klopp has done because it's going to be nigh on impossible and once you kind of have that taste of glory which they have and competing at the high end of the um, the league and Champions League and all that it just puts extra stress on that job. And with City, I don't know how long Pep's going to be there for. And I know mm. he says he's he's happy and one more season, you know, stuff like that. But there's only so much that you think he 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 will go. He will um, he'll kind of. I think he'll get bored because. You've got infinite money. He, he'll need a, he'll need a rest himself. And when you've got Klopp and Pep both exiting the Prem, then it puts the cat amongst the pigeons, really. And by then, Ange should have an established team that is ready to kind of um, to challenge, really. Do you reckon Pep ever relaxes? Like, you see how intense he is. Do you, do you reckon he's, even though he's won the lot, do you reckon he ever relaxes? Do you think like when he's at home with the family, they're ever like, oh, that's nice, dad's sort of chilling out? Or do you think he's just always 
kind of moaning about the way the sort of spoons have been put away. You haven't put them in. They've all got to face <laughs> this way. You know what I mean, no, that plate doesn't go in that cupboard. It goes in that one down there. Sort of it's thing. Su- super competitive. Yeah. And he's and he's probably got all the things in different places, like you know where where you'd normally put your Hoover. That's where the cutlery is, because in theory, if you go over this, you know he's got it all marked out. But uh, yeah, I think he can, it, it would be a bit intense living with him. I reckon just Inver- too competitive. Inverted just... cutlery. That's what he's going. <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly, mate. Well, yeah, I, I wouldn't want to uh, what. Saying I wouldn't want to live with him, I wouldn't want to live with Klopp either. No, I I wouldn't. I don't think I'd want to go to the toilet after Klopp's been in there. He he looks like I think he'd leave a toilet in a real state. Jurgen Klopp. <laughs> like, instead of instead of a few different, Sean Dyche is a, a big one. I think we've spoken about before, you know. But I think Jurgen would just just that heavy heavy air. You know, some yeah. you know when he goes, you know when he. Go to the toilet in the office or somewhere like that in the off, you know, and you you unfortunately have to sometimes use the cubicle. Yeah, and the air is like thick and heavy and warm. Warm. It's just, <laughs> it's, just it's such a deep musky smell that you think, oh, what have you been eating? You know, <laughs> I think I think you get a bit of that from from Jan Klopp. Um, Oh, more like Jurgen Plop. <laughs> Do you? Uh, is there a little bit of you at all that? Because if they don't get Javi Alonso, if he goes Bayern, I can't really sort of think of. I'm sure there's, you know, there'll be people who will know certain candidates at Spanish or German clubs or something that I don't know of, but. You sort of think, are there any sort of top candidates? Because Liverpool will need a a, a a good appointment, like you say. They've had that. They've had that taste of glory. They've got Arsenal breathing down their necks now. They've hopefully got us breathing down their necks. United, who knows what they're ever going to do with Klopp going? They will need to get this appointment right because they will want to stay in the mix. If there's nobody like immediately available now who they can build that dynasty with, I, th- I think Xavi Alonso probably would be their top thing. But if he does end up going to Bayern, is there a bit of you that worries that they might be like, fuck it, let's let's get in that Antrim Spurs for for two, three seasons maybe. Let's see let's see how he does. Because I know people talk about like Ange having been a Liverpool fan when he was a kid and he said, oh, just because I, you know, I had a poster of the Fonds up. I get all that stuff. So I'm not basing this entirely on and like Liverpool as a kid, but you think about the football he plays, you think about just what he's like as a bloke. He, he would fit at Liverpool, his outlook, his ethos, like he, you know, he's got that kind of humanist, yeah, political type stance on a lot of his positions on things that very down to earth. Yeah. There's no kind of games and there's no like, I would be surprised if they don't at least not, you know, I'm not saying they're going to fly him out for an official kind of talk with the Hickses or whatever they're called in, um, in America, but they might just have a mate of a mate be like, Hey mate. So, you know, just like, you know, transfers where the, uh, Tottenham have made an inquiry. Yeah. Just, it's just a Liverpool email to Ange. And it just says Liverpool question mark. Yeah. That's it. That's all it is. Fancy that's a bum? The, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they, that's it. That's all they've sent. Uh, but I, c- yeah, maybe one day he he'll go to Liverpool. But he's not even a season with Tottenham yet. So, and I think has he got a four year contract? Maybe. Uh, well, yeah, it might be four. So I think it's three after this season. He's got left. So yeah, four. Right. So I think. I, I don't. I, I see him being a um, what's the word? I'm a principled man. Yeah. I think he will stay until he's sacked, or he will have won the fucking lot and think I need a new challenge, and that's when he goes. But I don't think just because it's Liverpool calling at the end of the season that they will get their man, really. And I don't think it's going to be, okay, Tottenham are paying you X amount, we'll pay you this amount so that you'll come. I don't think it's going to be a money thing for him either. And I also think 
not knowing him, but if you are, he 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 truly believes he is the manager that he thinks he is, and he plays no kind of um, whether he's done it in Melbourne, whether he's done it in uh, Japan, whether he's done it in uh, at Celtic. He has he has done that all himself. He the, the way that they've trained to get his ideas across, all of that, and he truly believes that he's going to be, you know, that that manager and spoken about. So this opportunity will come again because he has that self belief. So I'm not worried at all. I think I don't know if you've noticed, like, there's been a bit of a, a tone shift with him in in press conferences and stuff. I think. At the start, he was a bit more... I think he always made it clear that he wasn't fond of being mugged off. And I think the press tried to do that a bit. You know, I, I'm, I'm trying to think of exact examples. But so, for example, you know, when he just said sort of off the cuff in one of his press conferences, oh, I listen to a lot of podcasts. And mm-hmm. then in the next press conference, one of the first questions was, you got any podcasts you can recommend as this this week then, Ange? And he sort of laughed as in like, is this what, is this what we're doing? Is this... Yeah, do you know that, there was that other one as well about um, c- can you see yourself winning trophies here, or can you see yourself winning a trophy? It's like I've got fucking loads of photos of them. Yeah, I, and I have won the trophies. So. They, they asked him. They, there was something weird about Robbie Williams, wasn't there? They asked him, um, and he was a bit like, "What?" You know, I think he kind of tried to laugh along with it a bit. But I've noticed lately, just to your point of him sort of knowing he's the man. I think he's gotten a bit more serious in the. I don't. I don't think he was ever like clowning about or anything like that. But I think maybe he sort of tolerated stuff a bit more, thinking, "Oh, I'm in a new country now, new league. Spurs are a big club. There's a lot of attention on. I don't need to be kind of making an enemy with the press when I first come here." But I think now, I just feel like he gives a bit less of a shit now, and I think he's maybe just it, it comes across as being a bit more grumpy. But I think he's just sort of in a more serious mode now of I'm not here to talk about fucking podcasts and Robbie Williams chants or any of that kind of shit, you know, just yeah. let's talk about the football. I think as well, he was, because he is very well aware of, of the environment at Tottenham and how when Conte left, the type of football he played, the connection he had with the fans those types of things. So if he came in and started shouting the odd straight away and being a bit snippy and being very serious, it's kind of like, oh, who have we got here? That is this like Conte light, is it? Yeah. So by being that kind of amiable character and, um, you know, just just being who he is, really, a straight talking, very good communicator with the press they, they they took him on board they're a lot more accepting so I, I think by doing that you 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 do tend to get an easier ride and you do get that breathing space because if you if you come in shooting from the hip straight away and he has two losses the press are on his back but now he's got a bit more breathing space because he does have um that relationship but now yeah i think you're right that he is going into his um, the the serious era. I think it's where we've had so many injuries, suspensions, different results that we didn't expect. In contrast to the start of the season, and everybody, you know, he won three manager three manager of the months in a row, didn't he? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And now it's kind of like. You're at Tottenham now, lads. It's like the the, the realization, the the kind of um, the honeymoon period is over, and it's now time to get to work. And there's going to be other teams. Like for for a while, it, it felt like United were right on our heels. And if you look up Liverpool, City, and Arsenal, they are not fucking slowing down. So it's, it's well annoying, isn't it? I, I, I honestly, I almost shrieked when I saw the league table this weekend. Arsenal eleven points clear of us. I was thinking, what? It was just, I swear, it was just the other day we were like neck and neck with them. What's happened there? You yeah, know? there was a there. Were, I think there was like almost a point in it or something like that. But um, the draw at Everton, the loss against Wolves, yeah. 
and then changes stay, quickly, doesn't it? Yeah, they're, and they're just steamrolling teams. So same with Liverpool, same with City. I I think any thoughts of a top three are fucking well out of the window. Yeah, they are now, aren't they? It's well just to um, hold on to where we are and just keep looking up and 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 taking points every week so that we can catch up with Villa and then take them at, at the last third, or I reckon. How how far off those top three do you think we are, mate? Because, you know, when we were flying at the start of this season, we legitimately did look unbelievable. Like, we looked properly quality, and I found it hard to see us not looking as good as we looked. I, I, obviously, I knew there would be maybe little patches of us not looking particularly great, but I would say I have been quite surprised by quite how bad we've been the past few games I didn't think this team and many of these players were capable of playing as kind of static turgid football as we've sort of seen from them in the past few weeks um dare I say almost reminiscent of previous kind of managerial tenures um do you think this is just one of those things that has come about as a result of the amount of injuries we've been juggling the players off on international duty every a few new signings into the mix as well everybody's sort of needing to learn how one another plays again get back up to speed or do you think it's that we've been found out and we're not actually quite as good as we maybe believed we were at the start of the season that we still need a a few more players I think Ange has been found out and he's shit, and he needs to leave. Purple and gold. Yeah, yeah. Get him out. Nah. If I'm if I'm being honest, the those first ten games, I believe I can't I can't quite remember. I think we won eight, drew two. We were fucking insane. I could not believe that the Tottenham I was watching under Conte and then under Ange, the difference. We were, it was real full-blooded Tottenham. And like Ange was saying that we don't stop running. We won't stop until like the, the 90th minute. And it's kind of front-footed. Even if we are cruising at 3-0, we'll go for the 4-0. And it was that constant attacking threat. And in those 10 games, we thought, right, this this is the way we play. This is the Ange way. This is Ange ball. This is great. And it was fucking fantastic. And then somewhere down along the line, we've had a, an injury crisis that I've not seen at Tottenham. I, not that I can recall. The suspensions to Romero and Basuma and, and other players. Udogi has caught, off, caught us off guard. There's the, the Asia Cup, Africa Cup of Nations. There's been like it. One of our main creators, Madison, has been out for fucking months, man. And like you're saying, we all try. That now we've got them all back, and we've had them back for a couple of weeks. It's trying to figure out how each other plays, um, and to get that maybe not the camaraderie back, but to, to you know the rhythm of how people like to receive the ball, how they don't like to receive the ball. Where are they looking for you to put the ball into space? How quick is Kulusevski again? Like, do, do I whack it down there and he's yeah. going to catch it? Like, it's just sussing those bits out. And sometimes when you're playing, it's you're playing in live matches. It's completely different to training because the just intensity is completely different and aggression in in how you're playing. So things are a little bit off kilter. And then again, when we played against Wolves, we we had no wing backs, and it's it just really shows you how important our well our sorry our fullbacks. It just shows you how important our fullbacks are to the team, and how when they surge forward and create underlaps, that we are kind of outnumbering their back line, and and they have no idea who to mark who's going to be the runner, where the ball's going to go. And there was none of that against Wolves. So it's it's all, it's all it's a mixture of all those things. And also, I don't know who our best team is. No. 
so if we if we're talking about midfield and everyone is healthy everyone is in form are we saying it's basuma madison Saar, or are we saying basuma benton kerr madison it's, or are we saying benton kerr at six and Saar and madison are we saying kulisevsky richarlison and son are we saying Werner, son and Kulisevsky? you know it's very interchangeable and there's hasn't been a lot that there's been there's a lot of comings and goings because yeah. of injuries and suspensions. So we don't I don't actually know what my favourite team would be because I didn't think I'd be saying Saar over Bentonkurt, but at the moment I kind of feel like I am. Well, because but I mean Bentonkurt's unreal. He's an amazing player. I've seen him when he's at the very peak of his powers. He clearly isn't fit at the moment, and that's a you know that that does weigh into this, but there's something about that balance of, especially at the very start of the season when we saw Basuma more so at the top of his game, the sort of understanding that him and Saar had with one another was pretty unbelievable. And I mean, Saar, and, uh, Saar just on his own, I think is, I honestly think the, the lad's a superstar, mate. I, I think he's going to be really, really, really top. I think he already is really top draw for us, but considering how young he is, I think he's going to go from strength to strength and almost don't want to see him put back into a position where he's sort of benched again. Do you know what I mean? So it is, it is very yeah, difficult. Yeah, I, I think it's, and I think it'd be, it's kind of unfair to, to bench him because he's been integral in how we're playing at the moment. And he's always been one of those main mainstays within the team and and like you say i I think he's got a a massive ceiling he's still learning he's still young i think as well when he was on uh, when he was at was it a mets where we got him from something like that isn't it (laughs) fc snails isn't it mate you know what i mean i I do i do invoke brexit to have to learn their team names mate you know what i mean i don't know if they truly understood his best position because I think that he was a bit of an attacking midfielder and he scored some goals and then like he comes to Tottenham and he is playing in that that kind of uh, middle three and but is he more the legs in the team is he more the presser is he more all of it he's the old fucking lot isn't he that's what I love about him exactly so and then like you're saying again uh, about Benton Kerr that he he's an amazing player he reminds me of like a midfield berbatov that yeah. he's just quite silky very calm there's a bit of berbatov and there's a shade of musa dembele still there with him the way he kind of glides about with the ball yeah yeah never sure. seems to really get tackled um although well when he's at the peak of his powers anyway he doesn't seem to yeah, he has been fucking caught dawdling on the ball the last few he games has, as well. He just, he just really does. I, like, I get it. It's, it's all very admirable. And I, I understand. I love that spirit in him. I love his fight to be like, nah, put me in the team. I'm ready. But I, I suddenly, I do really think like the past few games, everyone's suddenly like, mm, he's not fit, is he? And you can No. And I think as well, uh, Madison, he, after 70 minutes... I think against Wolves, um, was it against Wolves or was it the game before that? I think both of those games, to be honest, mate. He was blown out of his arse. And while he was receiving the ball and still moving it, he just wasn't that on the front foot looking to where to play the ball in. And he was just absolutely dead on his feet. And then you've got Basuma that's come back. And didn't he have um, malaria? Yeah. And so you don't know what the recovery time is to that. All these players, they are professional footballers and all they want to do is play football and and get themselves out there. And whether or not they are 100% fit or 77% fit, they still want to go out there. And although they, I think what they feel like, and especially what Benton Kerr has said in an interview, I think he had a great game against United. I think that was away. And then there was a two-week international break or something like that. And he missed that uh, that kind of momentum and that rhythm of playing live matches with that intensity. So it set him back again. 
So I think when you've got players like Madison that are returning from a long-term layoff, Bentenker, long-term layoff, Basuma, who has been off the boil, has been at African Cup of Nations, who has had malaria, you know, you need a lot of live football to get yourself back up to speed. And it's and it's a shame that it's happened this way because we are still judging the the team from when we first saw them at the beginning of the season when we were eight games unbeaten and, and two two draw and three managers of the month in a row. I think some of our players got players of the season. Uh, sorry, uh, player of the month. So it's it's hard to then have that to where we are now and where there's like a there's a downfall, isn't there? Mm. And, it's, and it's trying to understand where that's come from. Is it is it Ange? Can can we lay this fault at Ange's feet? Have people worked us out? Do people know about these inverted wingers, uh, inverted fullbacks, and that we are when we're on it? on the attack that we're going to literally have a front line of five so that just wait, wait, nick the ball off them, counter-attack them. They're all out of position. They it's press quite... so hard and they're yeah. moving around. They're fucking knackered. In the 70th minute, go at them because they're going to be out of position. Udogi, he, I've seen him. He's been He's been great, but he, he's been blowing hard as well and he wasn't getting back in position, wasn't tracking back. Madison was, you know, sh- struggling to get himself back into position. Is it one of those things? I mean, I, I think people will go um, and use that tactic against us. But I don't think it's a case of Tottenham have been figured out. That's it. It's the end. No, I, I don't even. And it's too kind of, you know, I, I fucking... Don't get me wrong, you know, at the end of a game, like the end of the Wolves game, I'm sat there grumbling about, oh, we've been fucking found out, haven't we? Bollocks, I knew this was too good to be true. Typical fucking Spurs, you know. But that's just, it's just reactive. You know, you say this sort of stuff in the moment when you're kind of pissed off about something. But it's it's, it's far too early to draw any conclusions. And I think like in, in reality, you know, Spurs are a great team with some great players. I think just this idea that, an opposition manager will suddenly be like, "Oh, actually, I've cracked Spurs, so you can just beat them." You know, it, I don't, I don't think football really works in that way. There's obviously a big m- number of factors that are going on right now. Yeah, totally. I mean, p- p- people may well be a bit more prepared for what Spurs have to bring to the table. Um, you know, they they will have seen. Okay, well, they like to go heavy on the ignition at this point in the game. We've seen them with, you know, last minute winners against Sheffield United, all these types of, you know, incidents and things yeah. like that that have taken place. So they could be better prepared for Spurs, but stopping Spurs is a different matter. Um, I think, like I think you say... Going back to that point as well about, you know, the um, where we like to put the pressure on and accept... Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Right, during, during different times, like when Ange came, and like I, like I said in the pod, that it was always, you know, we don't stop running, we don't stop pressing, yeah. not until the final whistle and I kind of feel like we have I can't like Agreed. against Everton we let them back in yeah and I think if we would have gone out on the front foot and give them something to worry about give them something to kind of think fuck Tottenham's going to counter-attack us or whatever put them on the back foot then I don't think they would have been as adventurous sending balls forward and again there's been other teams as well that I think where Ange 
has said it's full throttle Tottenham, it's been a bit more pragmatic. There, there. I mean, we have conceded late goals, and that has been an issue. So maybe that is him saying this is how we're going to stop the late goals coming in by being a bit more reserved, staying in shape, and that we aren't going to kind of blitz forward as a. Uh, originally sold at the beginning of the season i don't know do you think like because i think this this is part of the issue for me that i think i've noticed most in the past few games is that we seem to be i don't know maybe if it's more on an on an individual basis as opposed to it being a kind of systemic issue that's come from the manager or what we're trying to do it feels like the players don't play with as much mental freedom I thought I felt at the start of the season they were all proper up for it they were believing in the project in one another and you know they hadn't been playing together any time whatsoever really most of those lads they were all just kind of thrown into the mix and they all had that mutual appreciation that one another were really good players that if they made a particular type of run or if they were, and I'm sure this is probably reducing a lot of like the drills and things that, that, that they practiced in training. Don't get me wrong. I know it's not all just go out and kick the ball about type thing, but I do think there was a certain element of that, of us just having a group of really talented footballers and giving them the freedom to express themselves that they maybe hadn't had under, well, I mean, they definitely didn't have under someone like Antonio Conte. Mm. And it just it just feels a little bit right now that they're lacking a little bit of that belief. And I think, I think importantly, really, what we probably do undersell, and you, know, you said it yourself at the very top of the pod, is just how important a fully fit and firing James Madison is for us. Because I, I guess because he's been out for so long, you forget just how good he, like he was arguably the best player in the Premier League at the point he got yeah. injured. Do yeah. you know, this season I'm saying like he he was, he was unbelievable. Signing of the season, everyone was saying. Yeah. And it, it, it wasn't like, obviously we know about his vision. We know he's got an eye for a pass and all that type of thing. But I remember one of the things that really shocked me, really watching him, watching him as a Spurs player, as opposed to just, some little twat that played for Leicester that I was hoping would get an ACL or something <laughs> was his dribbling, his speed, his explosiveness yeah. on the ball, the way he could kind of just bound into spaces, find those gaps, exploit any gaps in the opposition team, be it with a pass or just himself moving the ball, breaking the lines, all that type of thing. And I think not having him at his peak right now is suddenly starting to really affect because it's almost like they're a bit like, look, we've really been tr- we've been trying to get through this period, and they really have. We, like they really they haven't fallen off as much as you would have thought they would with the injuries and with the absences that we've had. They've managed to really fight hard to keep it up, and it's almost now that Madison's back. They're kind of like, come on, man, we're out of ideas. We need you to sort of do this. And I noticed at points, I think it maybe was the Everton game that I was bitching about it on Twitter that I was just I was having that bit of a worry that we'd fallen into the sort of trap we did in the last year with Conte and stuff like that with Harry Kane where all the rest of the lads are like you do something with it you're really good and it, it felt like they yeah, kept yeah. Sort of offloading it to Madison even when he wasn't in a particularly good position or you know, wasn't really able to to make a difference from where he was at in the pitch or if he was being marked or something like that. Um, so I do think they are relying on him. And it, it's, it's tough, isn't it? Because he isn't fit, like you say. And equally at this point, just back to your point on who's our best team, where does everybody play? I've actually thought kulisevsky has been really good when he's been playing centrally. And I, I'm, I'm not so sure him and Madison could play centrally together. I don't even know how that would work. Um, but I have felt the past few games, like you say, when Madison's been blowing out his ass, and Kulisevsky has felt that I felt that against Brighton and against Wolves, Kulisevsky had had a bit of a bad first half, but actually started to really come into the game, had really gotten the measure of his fullback, and was starting to pull the strings even from the wide position, and and just taking him off both times in those games, and. Yeah, I get it. I'm the podcaster sat here telling the manager that's been all around the world winning various different trophies and stuff what to do. 
But on both of those occasions, I've sort of been like, I'm not really sure what he's doing there. I don't really know mm. why he's taking Kulisevsky off and leaving Madison on in sort of both of those games. If if he if he needs to kind of get somebody out on the wing, just bring Kulisevsky inside and see what he can do there because it feels like he's coming into the game. So I, I do think Kulisevsky's kind of been done dirty a bit because we've been... I think one of the common themes of this season has been like Kulisevsky's not been at his very best, right? But we know he's capable of a lot more, but he's still been good and he's still been working really hard. Um, And I do think when we get those windows of him sort of getting more a grip of a game, I wouldn't be taking him off. I wouldn't be kind of benching him because it's clearly pissing him off a bit as well. I think it was the Wolves game when he looked a bit stroppy about being taken off as well. And I kind of understood it. Um, yeah, especially because the second half, he seemed one of the brighter ones after that. 100%. And, and, then, and, then, he's, and then he was taken off. But um, again, we can sit here and say about Kulisevsky and he should be kept on and what do we know and and whatever else. But the way that Ange has us play our wide players and our fullbacks. They they have to do a lot of run, a lot of work. With the injury crisis, it's kind of like the squad's too thin. We need yeah. more players. We get more players, and then it's like they they've they've played sixty seventy minutes. Let someone else have a go. We need fresh legs. It's hard to get that balance and to have it all. But um, there have been some subs which I was like. Really, Kulisewski's going off now. Like, who's coming on for him? And it's like, oh yeah, I don't really get that substitution. And that has made me think. I don't, I don't really get what we're trying to achieve here. But again, like I said, well, Johnson came on and it. scored the winner, didn't he, against Brighton? Which I don't think invalidates the point, to be honest, because it, you know. I think Kulisevsky could have been on the end of that just as much as Johnson was, but still, yeah. Just because I know yeah. so anybody listening to this will be like, well, he made a sub and it paid off. Do you know what I mean? But I, I think in that Brighton game, we were starting to dominate that game. And when he made all those subs, we lost all control of the game. And I know we did end up winning it, but it was a kind of by by hook and by crook type thing. Yeah, wasn't yeah, it? yeah. I forgot, I forgot a bit about that game, actually. Brighton were fucking... Brighton were very good, you know. I, I just don't know why I didn't think they wouldn't be good. I just had when we play at home. I just think we'll just beat anyone. <laughs> like I just think we'll beat anyone and we'll beat them convincingly because we're at home in our magnificent stadium, and it obviously doesn't go like that all the time. Well, that's the kind of that's the kind of hill we've climbed the past few years. When you think sort of Martin Yol onwards, right? We have turned into the team that. When you think pre-Martin Yol, it was really, right, we never win away <laughs> just against anybody. I remember, yeah. like, yeah, when we were growing up, mate, Spurs seldom won a game away. Didn't matter who we were playing, right? Didn't yeah. matter. If, didn't matter if it was shithouse FC. We just, Spurs just didn't win away. And it would be a bit of a mix. Top four teams, like the big teams, nah, we never beaten them at home. Maybe yeah. once in a while. But no, we didn't, did we ever? Although United, we did have that lovely 3-1 with Stephen Carr in that worldie as well. Oh, yeah, them. yeah. Um, but we never beat the big teams home. But And then it was usually a mixed bag as to who we would beat at home. But I think sort of Martin Yole started to usher in us being one of those teams that you can be fairly confident. doesn't really matter who we're playing. We can win. We can, on our day, win any game at home now. Which yeah. is pretty mad, isn't it? When you really think about it, like you think about the sort of teams we've turned over and actually battered over the past few years. Liverpool, sure, at the start of the Jurgen Klopp project, um, we haven't really done much against them since. But Arsenal, we've battered on several occasions. City, we yeah. do almost every single time we play them. United, we're actually even starting to get results against now. Chelsea, we get results against. And these are clubs that historically we never, ever, ever got anything against. Um, so if we can keep that, I mean, that's that's the level we've set for ourselves now, isn't it, really? And that's why results like this 
the Wolves game. Because I, I don't want anyone listening to this to think this is some sort of dour, downbeat pod. Because the point I wanted to make, uh, and I will make after this, is that I think there's plenty to be hopeful about with Spurs. I think we've got... The fact we're sitting here being like, ooh, what's our best starting eleven? Is it going to be this amazing player or that amazing player? That's, that's coarser optimism in itself, isn't it? The only yeah. thing is right now, like I'm saying, because because we have established ourselves as this team that is capable and generally does win most of our games at home now, when you do see not only results against... Because the Wolves game, a lot of people are kind of like reducing this to, well, bad day at the office. These things happen. These results have That result pissed me off more because it wasn't just like they got a bit lucky and they got a 1-0 win and they fought hard and they managed to kind of do us over. They were just good value for it. Like they yeah. beat us and they were good value for it. Um, and those are, those are always more tough to stomach, I find. Those are, and I hate to sound this way, but I'm sort of in that zone of like, that shouldn't be happening to Spurs anymore, you know? Yeah, I, I don't, and I don't think you're, um, I don't think that's a wild statement. I mean, like the the manager that we've got, the players that we've got, the stadium, it's it's all built to be one of the you know the, the big four really, big four, big five, whatever you want to say. We if we want to be Liverpool, City, Gooners, we should be winning every single game at home, and at the moment we're not and. To go about your point about being a dow pod, I think it's been very balanced and there's been some great discussions about how people are feeling and thinking. From two very I, handsome men as well. Yeah, yeah. sexy guys. Bloody <laughs> sexy guys. <laughs> um, but th- there seems to be this thing where we are all on the Ange train and we love him and we, we mustn't question anything Whereas I think we're getting to a time now where, like you're saying, that, that for his press conferences, they're a bit more different now. We're, we're used to each other. And I think we can say, why did he take Kulosevsky off? I think we can say, why are we not being that high-pressing, high-energy team that we saw at the beginning of the season? And there is a difference. Like We, we can question things. It's not like we are throwing our toys out the pram and we're going off on one, but they're they're valid questions. But we've also given so much explanation as to why that's happening. And for want of a better phrase, and Mr. Business talk, there are many moving parts. There are many moving parts to this. Many moving parts that we need to touch base on. (laughs) If we circle back to the beginning of the conversation... (laughs) Um, I fucking hate that wanky talk, man. It honestly, crack, it? yeah, it makes me want to die. It really does. Do you know one of one of the worst examples of that I've ever had, mate? I remember I was in this meeting, and this fella he just kept talking about buckets because they were talking about content. And they say <laughs> we've got this bucket here, and in which you know, in this sits the the experiential, the this, the that. We've got this bucket. I was just thinking. Which one are fucking buckets? Just like, <laughs> just talk. Just tell, just tell me what the plan is. Just, yeah. just talk about this. Just stop using these words. You just know tell I mean? me what to do and I'll do it. Yeah. Stop talking about buck. Why are we talking about buckets? Like, we're just doing videos. Like, you know what I mean? Just little videos that people watch on their phone while they're having a shit. Like, that's it. That's what my that's what my life's work is. Right. <laughs> oh dear me. But uh, I can't even remember what I say now. I think, uh, but I was just saying. Those are shit. Yeah, I get yeah, it, mate. Yeah. Right? <laughs> We're never going to win. Fuck all. We're going to have to sit and watch Liverpool, Chelsea, all a lot of them win everything, and that's that. Oh, I do, mate. Can, can I just can I just ask you honestly, Rick? Because yeah, go. Like I say, you know, I, I was I was thinking this. I was looking at all the videos that were coming out because it was you know on this day. I think that this. Funnily enough, I I guess it's worked around enough now that our on this day of beating Chelsea in the League Cup final was the same day of Liverpool-Chelsea in the League Cup final. Yeah. Um, and all the videos of that, you know, Woodgate's, the ball smacking off his face going into the back of the net, <laughs> the Spurs end going potty, the flags, all the limbs, 
the end of the game, like, you know, Ledley with a trophy, Eunice Kabul with a scarf wrapped around his head. I forgot about the, uh, there is, there's this video where um, I think it's Zakura where he's being filmed and Berbatov is taking the penalty and Zakura is not looking at him. But you've got the crowd he in the background, that sister, didn't he, Zakura? And um, Zakura is like not, not he's not looking at the penalty. Berbatov scores it, and then Zakura cheers because obviously he's heard the crowd. But there's someone in the crowd, a guy that just passes out. <laughs> Spurs it's, fan, yeah, Spurs fan. It's fucking <laughs> mental. Everyone's cheering, and he just slumps it. It's mad. I'll send you the video after. It's brilliant. Oh, mate, like. Are we going to see this again, Rick? Or is football now just... Is it? Is it just fucked? Is the, you know, we say the game's gone and all that sort of thing. But you know, Spurs, Spurs are a team that have always... Whatever, look, let's ignore all the little shits on Twitter with their paid-for blue ticks and everything like that, saying Spurs have never won any trophies or anything. Yeah. They're one of the most successful clubs in English football of all time, we've consistently won stuff throughout our history. Do you know what I mean? We've been, we've, we've been almost like trendsetters in, in winning stuff yeah. in, in the past, right? And now for it to be, what, what is it? 13, 14 years, I think it is now? since Yeah, something like that. Is it that when we won the League Cup against Chelsea? I mean, 2008, I just... so 10, 11, 12, 13. yeah, 14, 14 years. How, how has it come to this, man? Like, because there's been so much conversation about this and it's, it's so mad to think like, do you know I mean, if you think like the first, whenever we did the first fighting cop, what's that now? 11, 12 years ago now? Yeah, like, yeah, 13 years ago, probably. Not won a thing in that entire, none of us doing these podcasts, right? And I'm going to say it like, we were all pretty early adopters to this, right? We've been doing this for quite a while now. Yeah. We've never once in the whole time we've been doing this shit been able to sit and have that chat have the yes we did it we've won <laughs> the cup how mad is that we've done every single type of we've done uh, so many different types of podcast episodes where i'm sure you know the feeling ricky there are some days when you're like what the fuck am i going to what are we going to talk about today Spur. oh mate all, all the time flav texts me he, <laughs> he messages me like after the wolves loss i fancied in the pod no i fucking no. don't <laughs> yeah. you think i want to talk about that i hate <laughs> you at the moment don't don't fucking message me until the next few days get someone else to do it you know I, I always know i always know the ones as well when flav doesn't know what to talk about because he'll just be like hey rick uh what, what, <laughs> what did you make your game on the weekend then just give you like a real open like yeah like, cheers mate thanks a lot you know <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah it's what, hard what's happened rick like why and are we are we gonna do it again mate because I, I really got the zeus on twitter pointed it out to me he was like you're just getting the sunday scaries mate and maybe yeah do you know what? i did see that tweet i did see that tweet um and to answer your question i think we will win something soon a big one I mean, like by Biggin, I would say FA Cup. Um, Mate, I would come on. I would kill for that. I can't remember when was it? Nineteen ninety? I can't remember that. Yeah, ninety one. Um, I was alive, but I can't remember it. I remember it. I was in my uh, uncle's front room, and um, I remember. I remember eating um, caramel popcorn. And mm. I also remember doing, there was a wrestling move called the camel clutch. Yeah. I did that to my cousin and I made him cry. <laughs> so yeah, I remember did that. Did you get in trouble? Uh, I don't know if I actually got in trouble for it. I, don't, I did feel awfully bad about it. Um, so I remember it quite well. And I remember a lot of my family around and everyone's obviously in their Tottenham shirts and stuff like that. But not enough for it to be you know, where I'm on Tottenham High Road waiting for uh, an open-top double-decker bus to come down. With, with, a, with, a bag, with a bag in your pocket and a can in your hand, mate. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah totally. And, um, yeah, I would. there's nothing more I'd love, love to see that. And now I'm of a, you know, of an age where I'd love to take my daughters along to something like that just to have to re kind of um compound 
why you support Tottenham. Because <laughs> at the moment, like, there there hasn't been anything like that. And I can withstand that when you go to school and your mates are digging you out and all that. Like, I've had it for a lifetime, especially when we were proper pony. Mm. So I, We literally I had a pony it. pit. You know yeah, I mean? exactly. So I, I would love us to, to win nothing more than for, for myself and for my for my kids to see it. But to answer your question, will when are we going to win something again? We are set up to be... We're, we're in the best position that we've ever been, that we'll ever be in to win a trophy. Because, again, I know we keep saying it, but the new stadium, the training facilities... Um, FFP, the amount of uh, revenue that that we have and money coming into, I was going to say into the ground, but like maybe Tottenham as an enterprise, that we are going to be able to compete with Liverpool, City, whoever. Yeah, we don't have that. That we're not going to go out and spend a hundred mil on a player, but we've got a manager that is great and and a team. At, identifying talent and bringing young lads through and i just think we've just been it's hard to say you've been unlucky for fucking 14 years but sometimes the the route to a final has been sitting there staring at you in the face and just sliding doors something goes wrong and it happens happens to everyone it's very hard to win a trophy man it really is and especially when you're competing against the teams like I've just mentioned and and how much they've been bankrolled, but we are catching up and every game and every season that goes past, we are, we are closing the gap. Can you imagine how hard it's going to hit mate? When, when we do imagine that if it's an FA cup, even if it's a league cup final, it will be mental. But if it's one step more, if it's, if it is that FA cup, if it's something like that, the final, like I say, the final whistle goes, players collapse on the ground, the fans are all cheering. It's Tottenham Hotspur. They are the whatever year <laughs> FA Cup champions. <laughs> Everyone going mental. Like it's and it'll be one of those things, do you know what? Because I think even when we won the League Cup in two thousand and eight, I loved it. Don't get me wrong. I enjoyed every second of it. But in the back of my head, there was always this Spurs always win stuff. Right. Even if I haven't seen it in my lifetime, I know that, you know, I think like the year before I was born, we just won a UEFA Cup. You know, we won a couple of FA Cups. And when did we win one? 86, I think we won an FA Cup again, did we? Um, yes, I think so. Won it one then. We won one in like 91. And then we won like the League Cup again in when, like 94, 95, the Alan Nielsen FA uh, League Cup. And then we won that League Cup in 2008. In the back of my head, I was like, this is good, but this is just the start of it, right? The team yeah. we had there with like, you know, with Robbie Keane, with Ledley King, Berbatov, some of those players. I remember Robbie Keane afterwards in that being like, this is just a start. Now we've got this taste. We've got that little, we've got it. We've got that off our back now. We've won a trophy. Now we've got that taste. We're, we're going to go on and do big things. There was that little bit of me of like, maybe not, enjoying that moment enough and thinking about what it was going to allow us to enjoy in the future. Yeah. I think now with this drought that we've had, really, you just got to like savor every second of it because you don't know how long it's going to be until they do something. Even if we do, say next year we win the FA Cup. I know the temptation will be like, right, from here now we can go on and win. Maybe we just got to enjoy that, you know? And if yeah, more exactly. comes out the back of it, great. But it might not, you know? Yeah, I mean, I, I totally agree. And it's just it's just getting that monkey off our back, just winning that one trophy. And I'd like as much as I'd love to win the League Cup and have that day out at Wembley, I think it needs to be a step up. It needs to be an FA Cup um, or, or either Europa League or some, something that has um, that bit more credibility about it because if it's a league cup you just get banded around with the same old uh, tin pot trophy or whatever but I've you know since I supported Tottenham I've been going like I've had my season ticket 18 years been watching Tottenham home and away in Europe whatever 
I have never seen Tottenham in an FA Cup final. I've been to some, I've been to like five semi-finals and we've lost them all. Fucking fuck's sake! It's hideous. What is it? I think we've got the long. Is it eight or something? I think we've lost in a row now. Semi-finals. Oh God, really? That this is, is not. But I mean, look, Chelsea six six finals in a row. They've lost now. They all they've all want to blame Pochettino for it, but a six finals. In a row, they've lost now, Chelsea. Good. Fucking good. Disgusting pigs, aren't they? <laughs> Somebody said to me the other day, um, George, if you're listening, he said to me um, that before before Liverpool beat us in, that, in the Champions League final, they hadn't won a trophy for 12 years before that point. Uh, what, Liverpool? Yeah. I can't. I can't remember, Matt. Twelve years. I'm trying to work it out now. I'm trying to have a look. I think George might be making that up. Let's have a look. So, so they won the they won the Champions League in two thousand four, two thousand five, FA Cup, two thousand five, two thousand six. They won a League Cup in 2011 so they won that in 2012 so yeah george you're already lying mate they won the league cup in 2012 is, it, is this uh is this dubsy george no no it's uh big handsome greek cypriot george yeah dubai dubsy oh okay i didn't know i didn't know oh, sorry i didn't know you had your own little uh Little name there, but that's fake news from george that is yeah he stinks of fake news i've already guy. debunked that <laughs> wrong and George if you're listening you know I love you <laughs> how could you not <laughs> but um Rick yes what is, what are the aspirations to just just in closing mate let's end this on a good because like I say right we're sat here being like who's going to play is it going to be Basuma is it going to be Bentancur is it going to be Saar is it going to be Kulisevsky is it going to be Madison like it's a nice problem to have isn't it mm. you know it's a nice problem to have Oh, God, are we going to play Timo Werner on left, who I think has been very good, right? I've actually missed him the past couple of games not starting. I think he's been very good for the side, right? We've got him who's very good, you know. There's there's a lot there's a lot to be positive about at Tottenham Hotspur. In, in a doggy and Porro, yeah, they've they've been a little bit ropey the past few games, but they're still two of the best sort of fullbacks we've had since Rose and Walker, if not the best we've had since then. Yep. Can you see us ending this season? Can you, do you think this little blip, we've had this little break being put upon us by Chelsea being in a final, but maybe that's been good for us to get our thought, collect our thoughts and go forwards against what is going to be a, a tough a tough opponent in Palace. Oliver Glasner, the good manager that they've brought in. Yeah. They've got some very good players there at Crystal Palace. Um, but uh, do you reckon, uh, do you know if... Uh... Any of them are going to be like they've got the two lads, uh, Eze and Elise. Are yeah. they are they going to be fit? I, I hope bet not. you they'll, they'll, they'll be they'll be fit, wouldn't they? Yeah. Fit and raring to go against fucking Tottenham. And Elise is quality. I mean, Eze is brilliant, but Elise is something else, man. Like, yeah, I'd love him. I would. I would, but him. he seems quite injury prone. I'd still love him, but fitting well at Spurs, then, wouldn't he, mate? Yeah. Hey. <laughs> hey. All, all I will say is, I hope. For the rest of the season, we finish the season like we started. So the last 10 games is like a reflection on our first 10 games. And then I could go into the summer and we would be in a good position by then. Going to the summer, feeling positive and knowing that during the season, there are lots of different things that can outward results for many different reasons, suspensions, injuries, you know, international trophies and whatnot. But um, it's just to, to finish on a good feeling that we started the season with. That's that's what I'd hope for. And for Arsenal to not win the league or the Champions League. Neither yes. of those things. Yeah, neither of those. I've, yeah, se- I've exactly. seen a lot of Spurs fans doing this. Or oh, it might actually be better if they beat Porto and they're more distracted. No. Never. The best thing is if they lose everything as soon yeah. as possible yeah <laughs> totally agree totally agree but there's not there isn't anything in my you know when they were top for fucking 
what is it, 93% of the season and bottled it. Historically, yeah, in, his, in, in utterly historic fashion, right? Yeah, that's that's the one. I thought they were gonna gonna win the league then, but there isn't there isn't that same belief at the moment that I think they'll win the league. I still think it will be Liverpool or City, but the quicker they're out of the league and the quicker they're out of the Champions League, the the better it is for us. I would say as fans enjoying it and just lording it over them. Mate, I would absolutely, as much as I find them insufferable and I find him quite insufferable, just let Klopp have his goodbye. Winning the Premier League, fine. Do you know what I mean? Any, A-B-A, anyone but Arsenal. (laughs) And it really, it really hit home for me. Like, and it always does. Because I do get those moments I'm like, hmm, I really do hate Liverpool. Maybe I almost hate them as much as Arsenal. And then when it comes to like Liverpool against Arsenal, I'm cheering on Big Mo and the rest of the lads. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Bring it home, smash them to pieces. I like the, the Northern, the Northern boys. I don't really give a shit about them, to be honest. There is no, uh, you know, United, Liverpool, City. I don't really care about them, mate. I just want a fucking deck West Ham. Chelsea and Arsenal all, all the time. And Southampton, then, I like beating Southampton a lot. You know, I love, hate. Being, love beating Leicester as well. Yeah, yeah, it rattles them, doesn't it as well? Yeah, just fucking knobs, man. Like we're clappers, right? <laughs> beating that fucking won the Premier League, though, didn't they? Bastards. Fucking bastards. That was ours. And, and every fucking cunt laid down. And let them win, because wouldn't it be funny, wouldn't it be banterous if Leicester won the league under, with Claudio Ranieri? And so they did. Fucking bollocks, isn't it? It's all bollocks. <laughs> just, just shut it all down. Get rid of it all, football. <laughs> Fuck off. I said I wanted to end this on a positive note. I don't. Football, <laughs> football do one. Fuck off. You're the bane of my life. <laughs> I hear that. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.